Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the kind parenting company, wife, proud mom of twin boys and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Welcome to today's episode. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that this episode in particular is brought to you by my very own company, which is The Kind Parenting Company. I would love to offer you all 20% off our online programs by using the code podcast 20, which will be valid for two weeks from the date that this podcast is live. That means you can access any of our programs, which include baby sleep, toddler sleep, and also toddler behavior online at thekindparentingcompany.com. Definitely check them out. All programs now have access to audio files. So if you love podcasts, you're going to absolutely love our programs. You can tune in and listen to the topics that you want to hear about, including tantrums, catnapping, dummies, negative sleep associations, positive sleep associations, settling, resettling, and so much more. So jump over to the website and check those out. And don't forget to use that code to save 20%. Today's episode is one that I really hope you'll enjoy. It's a juicy conversation surrounding calories, fat loss, and training for women with an expert in the industry who really, really believes in eating more and training less. I really enjoyed speaking with our guest today. And I think that you'll take away some really interesting points from our conversation. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to Ash Lane. Ash is a qualified nutritionist and personal trainer based here on the Gold Coast. And she's really, really passionate about providing evidence-based research and methodologies for her clientele and her online community as well. Don't forget to take a screenshot right now and pop it up on your stories and please tag me at Kylie Camps. I hope you love this episode. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ash. I really appreciate you making the time to chat with our community. Before we dive in, can you share a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Firstly, thank you for having me. Um, I am a qualified nutritionist. Um, I am a personal trainer 
and I actually became qualified at the same time that I started my health and fitness journey, which actually was when I fell pregnant um, with my first son, first and only son, I should say. Um, and yeah, since then, I have continued my education. Um, I'm very big on research papers. Um, I've read more than I can count, to be honest. Books, having my own personal mentors, coaches, um, to obviously learn from in my specific area of expertise, uh, you know, attending uh, seminars and webinars and obviously working with hundreds of women, showing them how to train um, less and eat more and build muscle and lose fat. Amazing. And so you mentioned that you became qualified when you were starting your own journey. Is yeah. this like, is this a pattern of yours? Like if you find something that you love, like you're all in. And the reason I ask is because I'm like that. Like if I find something that I'm a little bit invested in, then I just want to know everything. Yeah, that is, that is 100% yeah. me. I, I don't know, maybe it's just our personality types or I always just want to know, I always want to know more and I need everything to make sense. And I think that's that's why I he, uh, headed down that um, evidence-based approach is because I'm like, okay, well, if this happens, well, then why does this If I'm this going happen? to do it, yeah. I want to make sure I'm doing it correctly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. So that's totally I, me. Yep. <laughs> I love that. And that's probably why I feel so drawn to you because we can always pick our kind. Um, totally. And I am just in love with the fact that you promote an evidence-based approach to fat loss and wellness you know, particularly in this day and age, you're encouraging women to eat more, not less, which is just a message that I think is so needed. I know um, a lot of women in real life and online are really fearful of overeating or they just don't have a grasp on how much is even adequate. It can, I think that for us as women, we're such emotional creatures and sometimes we get lost in our emotions and we lose touch with what we actually need. So yeah. similar to not getting enough sleep, lots of mums and women are just not getting enough calories or nutrients into their day and they're suffering those side effects. And more often than not, in my opinion, I think that they're suffering those side effects without even realising that this is the case. There you know, is a whole community of women out there surviving on um, half-eaten packets of sultanas and the <laughs> crust off their toddler's toes, um, you know, but the whole purpose for this podcast is that we don't want women to just survive. We don't want people just scraping through, getting to the end of their day and going, oh, you know, I had some good crust today or <laughs> half a packet of rice wheels. We want yeah. them to thrive. And I really want to bring awareness to women on how important it is to fuel our bodies. It's like sleep. You know, when women get in touch with me and say, I'm feeling shit, what sort of supplement should I take? You know, and firstly, I'm no one to give advice on that sort of stuff, but it's just so important to look at the whole picture holistically. And if sleep is compromised, every area of your life is compromised. And it's the same with your nutritional intake, in my opinion. Yeah. So this is a long way of asking you, why are some women not eating enough? Yeah, I mean... This would have to be the space that I spend my most of my time in, you know, where we're taught that you have to eat less and train more if you want to be lean, if you want um, muscle, if you want a toned body, if you want to look good in a bikini. And 
while generally speaking, part of this is actually true, for the vast majority of ladies, the day-to-day grind of eating less and training more actually leads to a totally unsustainable place um, where they inevitably fall off the wagon and end up further away from their fat loss goals. So, you know, only then with the people that I work with to jump on the next eight-week challenge or diet and, and start it over all over again and a lot of women um, come to me complaining that they think that they have broken their metabolism um, that they used to be able to eat heaps more and not uh, gain weight now all they need to do is you know smell a pizza or a donut or you know have a sip of a glass of wine and now all of a sudden it sticks to them and that's the point um, I was at when I was training 10 or 12 times a week. I know it sounds crazy eating 1300 calories and I literally had nowhere to go at that point. Like I thought my metabolism was ruined and I had absolutely no idea what to do back then, even being fully qualified. Um, Everywhere I looked, you know, the Insta models, they're selling shakes and drinks and waist trainers and, and for me. And teas. Oh, teas. like tea, yeah. <laughs> totally. Diuretics in a tea bag, yeah. Exactly. Like none of it to me, and this is, comes back to me wanting to know more, like none of it really made any sense. And um, that's where really where I started this part of my journey, that's really what forced me to start reading studies, understanding the metabolism, how it works, why it works, you know, and essentially that's what I, I currently use to help women Um, that I work with finally break free from those fad diets or the low calorie diets um, and not only obviously achieve their body goals, but along the way, they actually, they feel healthier, they're sleeping, their skin is better, their hormones are better, you know? Yeah. So. So that's definitely some of the side effects of just not eating enough is that you can do serious damage to your metabolism and you obviously experience that yourself and Mm. I have I've lived through that as well um I'm not sure how much you know of my backstory but I do touch on it and I reference this a lot but I have lived through a really bad eating disorder quite a severe one and I can relate to being an extreme under eater and just the effects that it had on my metabolism and once I did start eating properly it's just so interesting but I think I just wanted to really highlight that there are so many women not eating enough and again in my opinion I think it just comes down to a disconnect between food for fuel and a really strong connection between food and emotions and so many women that I know personally seem to really use food as either a reward or a punishment and it's not necessarily about I need enough food, I need, I need enough fuel to get through all of my daily tasks. It's more about oh, I'm, I don't allow myself to eat that. I restrict that. And then, you know, if you really restrict something, inevitably the tighter that you coil that spring, one day it's going to get to a point where it just bounces out and you lose total control. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we also bring awareness to that fact that it's so important to get women in tune with food for fuel and how they're feeling and how being satisfied feels rather than the emotional control or restriction or binging. Yeah, absolutely. I I come across it all the time. Yeah. It's, I think people are always looking for this, um, 
they're looking for like a manual, you know, to say, okay, well, exactly what do I do today? And they, they are, they're coming away from that innate intuition that we actually, that is built in, <laughs> built into us and, oh, well, how many percentages of this should I have and that? And I'm like, <laughs> we need to really feel into it a little bit more than just following this strict guidebook. So, so important. And I could not agree more with that because I know myself the week before my period, holy moly, I am like all the food all the time. Like I just eat, you know, at least three times the amount that I would eat on any other given day. And it's all so connected. But now that I have that awareness, I don't beat myself up or be like, why am I eating this? I'm like, oh, I need that because my body's preparing itself. And this, you know, it's just awareness. It's so, so important. But anyway, speaking of awareness, you have built a community of over 13,000 followers over on the gram. So your message is definitely gaining traction and people do want to want to know more from you. In your Instagram bio, you state that you show busy women how to eat more, train less, build muscle and lose fat, which is amazing. So can you break it, break it down for us? Yeah, totally. Um, For me or or for everyone, it should be about two main things, Um, the metabolism, which is number one, and two, um, I am a big preacher of doing the least amount possible to elicit the greatest result. Now, if we break them both down for a sec, the metabolism, you know, we're taught that the metabolism that you're born with is the one that you have, but in fact, you can actually speed it up and you can slow it down. Um, I don't want to bore everyone to death today, but I'll go down another, another, um, another layer because we really need to understand why we would want a fast metabolism and why I guess we would want a slow metabolism. So if we rewind back just for a tick to our um hunter gatherer ancestors they went through periods of extremely limited food supply cold winters um they would have an abundance of food maybe they'd catch an animal and have a feast and then go back to limited supply if uh, they had a fast metabolism back then they would need more food to survive and the chances are (laughs) they actually wouldn't have survived so the human body can actually adapt like nothing on this planet so the metabolism adapted by using the least amount of fuel or food possible by slowing down and this quite literally probably saved our species so If we fast forward to today and compare what they were doing um, back then with what we do today, we see a really big link um, between their day-to-day way of eating and activity and some of ours. Just as an example, they would have been endurance machines, you know, like they literally chased animals for so long that animals would fall over from exhaustion. Like that is no lie. And um, they had to do all of that on limited food. So high endurance output, minimal food intake. Um, If we compare that uh, to some of the training we see, like cardio classes, just as an example, if you're doing a class, it's 99% chance going to be endurance. Some call it HIIT or strength days, but 
their endurance training, you know, periods of your elevated heart rate for longer than 20 seconds at a time for maybe longer than 20 minutes total time. A, um, a typical class will be something like 45 seconds on with 15 seconds rest. That's endurance training. And they go for about, say, 45 minutes or longer, which is endurance training. They have weight stays. Um, that's not really resistance training or weight training. It's simply clever marketing. Um, I like to use Arnold Schwarzenegger as a little bit of a, just a contrast so you can picture it. I know it's probably to the extreme, but that is resistance training. If you can imagine what he would be doing lifting weights in the gym. Um, like I said, probably to the extreme, but just to give you that idea. Um Along with this endurance training, we often see, you know, a meal plan, uh, which will uh, put most people in a calorie deficit. So maybe a challenge for eight or 12 weeks and then back to a normal way um, for a few weeks before then completing another challenge. So, you know, effectively the DNA in our bodies recognises these periods of high endurance output combined with limited food and looks to become more efficient and conserve energy and become good at endurance, adapting to those conditions. And it does this by slowing down the metabolism, dropping muscle mass and holding on to fat for fuel. And every single session, our body just gets more and more efficient at endurance. So, um, the classes that we, you know, are thinking that is helping us get leaner and build muscle are quite literally doing the opposite. If you're doing the classes and it hasn't happened to you, it just honestly it hasn't happened yet. There, there will be genetic freaks out there. I, I shouldn't say freaks, but I, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Those genetically gifted people that um, that are so amazing that could eat a peanut and do a push up and still look absolutely unbelievable. But we're talking about you know ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population, um, not the exception. So the first part of the secret sauce is to speed up the metabolism. The faster the metabolism, the more that you can eat. I actually um, incre increased my personal calorie intake from about 1,500 calories in April whilst I was holidaying in April to about 2,700 calories about three weeks ago. Um, in this time, I've put on about a kilo of total body weight, roughly. Um, so obviously nearly doubled my intake and next to no weight gain. Part of that kilo would have been muscle. Um, a lot of people ask, you know, like, how do we do that? How do you do that, Ash? It's honestly, it's e exactly opposite to how we slow down the metabolism. Resistance training combined with what's called the reverse diet. Um, resistance training actually signals the body to build muscle, which signals the metabolism to speed up. Um, the very slight surplus from the reverse diet is used to fuel the muscle building process. The second part of the secret sauce, as I mentioned, is doing the least amount possible to elicit the most results. And most of my clients train three times a week. I personally train three times a week now. Um, there's a bit more to it, obviously, than just cutting down your training, um, but it's a part of the bigger picture. I feel like I'm totally rambling, so I'll try and get to the no, point real quickly. It's not rambling. <laughs> it's, it's so fascinating. Oh, it is. <laughs> I, I find it really fascinating as well. So please continue. <laughs> no, I'll, um, I'll try and obviously get to this point really, really quickly. But um, majority of the women that I, that I work with have never had a properly programmed workout schedule designed specifically for them and their goals and where they're at in their journey. So 
there are, you know, there's obviously lots and lots of generic programs out there, but if you're not the one person in 100 that it's designed for, you're not going to get the most out of it. You know, every woman thinks um, three days is three days is not going to be enough. It's never enough. This is what everyone says. And every woman hits their goals on three days. The only time I would ever increase this is if it's a highly trained woman, you know, somebody that's been training for maybe three, four, five plus years in a gym and maybe wants to take a run at competing or something like that. Then their body's ready for it and it's ready for that volume to take it to the next level. But in all honesty, it's about consistency. And at three days per week, you should be able to hit that 52 weeks of the year. Even if you're on holidays, you know, you can find, anyone can find three days out of seven. So, yeah. (laughs) I love it. It's such an interesting philosophy and concept. And I think it's one that it does go against the grain for a lot of us because we're always you know, I think when people make the decision that they want to transform their physical body, they will go, okay, I need to be doing this six days a week. I need to go for a walk six days a week on an empty stomach, or I need to do five gym classes. And in a way, and you know, like I say this, I kind of want to hedge my, what I'm about to say, because I am someone who loves to train. Like I, I love to train. And for me, it's more about the mental benefits of training than the physical benefits. But I know that for a lot of people, if they're just starting out and they're like, I'm going to do five days a week, or I'm going to do X amount of classes or whatever the challenge is, that all or nothing mentality is really dangerous. And it's not sustainable long term, because if they fall off the wagon one day, then that's it. They sort of beat themselves up over it. And, you know, it's just it's a really hard mindset, I think, for a lot of us to be in because having that flexibility to listen to your body and go a little bit slower is actually a really beautiful thing when you need it. Yeah, Um, I totally agree. Yeah, the other thing that you touched on at the start of your answer was speaking about understanding that if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, your body becomes really used to performing that function and it becomes less effective for you which I think is something that it's just worth circling back to for a moment and highlighting because if you are doing the same spin class every week and you have been doing this for 12 months or whatever the time frame is you know you do spin class and you do your pump or whatever it is and you feel as though your results are not great it's likely just because your body has adapted to what you're doing so it's important to be aware of adding more resistance or changing the intensity or like you're suggesting ash to pull back and and change the way that you're approaching training and i know for myself you know it's no secret i love the stair mill like yeah the stair stair mill is my most favorite thing in the gym when i get to the gym and someone else is on the stair mill because we only have one i'm so triggered (laughs) Insane. I'm like, oh my gosh. But the good thing is, no one, no one can stay too long on that thing. But I had a moment a couple of months ago when I was like, oh, I've been going on this same level in a similar routine for like a couple of weeks now. Like I just kind of got comfortable with putting it on that level and staying there. And I was like, oh, I'm get my body's getting so used to this. And it's just that moment of going, oh, I can actually push myself a little bit harder now. And you know, adding some sprints in and things like that. So it's just being aware that your body is so smart and it adapts to what you're doing. So mixing up the repetitions, adding more weight, changing the way that you train 
is really important if you're plateauing. Yeah. Um, but as you touched on as well, there's just so much misinformation out there. How important is it that we as women and men as well seek out the evidence-based info? Because in this day and age, when we do spend a lot of time on social media and everyone's giving out advice, how important yeah. is it that we're seeking the evidence-based info? Totally. Marketing is good, right? Like <laughs> marketers um, have been able to tap into our desires and sell us things that we didn't even know we needed. And obviously we can see that with Instagram and Facebook and social media just consuming our lives. Well, but you, you know. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know what, it's like everyone's a marketer now. It's not yeah. just going, oh, that's a, that person's a marketer. It's like anyone with an audience and something to say becomes a marketer to a certain extent totally to absolutely I totally agree um I mean if what you're being marketed to is isn't backed by uh sorry if you're not being marketed with something that isn't I guess backed by some kind of evidence then there's a chance though that you're being sold um for simply profit without your your needs and true desires at the forefront it's instead it's you know the person selling to you it's it's their own I just want profit I don't care about anyone else and we do see this a lot um uh, yeah like I said I don't I don't think it's a secret um we know that this is this is what's happening but as long as you're aware you know whether I guess you're simply being sold to or whether you're investing in something that is evidence-based and it is backed by studies at least you can make a decision with all the facts in the forefront um, just because somebody looks a certain way doesn't mean that they know uh, how to make you look that way or even any way you know um, maybe there's there's a model that's been hired to sell something like a booty guide and I guess the next part um, to this that we have to take responsibility for is matching up our goals with our training you know sometimes we're guilty of picking our training due to the fun or maybe it's the friends that we've got or maybe it's the location and convenience which is fine um it's fine to train for fun in fact I think that it is important to have that element and if that's your only goal that's perfect but if you want to run a marathon you'll need to train for a marathon you know if you want to be a power lifter and you're training for a marathon you're not going to be moving closer towards your goal if you want to run a marathon and your powerlifting training and following a heap of powerlifters on the gram and listening to their adv advice they might be telling the truth but for powerlifting not for marathon training so it's really important to understand your specific goal and then link that to the correct training for that goal and listen to the people that are experts in that particular mod modality like does, does that make sense Oh, it makes complete sense. I, Yeah, complete sense. And so when I was reading your pre-show notes, which were really interesting, I noticed that you mentioned you yourself hit a plateau, which you've touched on as well, with your own results after a certain yeah. period of training and performing F45, which full disclosure, I've never in my life walked into an F45 studio. <laughs> so I'm, I, have an, I have a concept of what it is, but I don't know the ins and outs. I don't have an opinion on it. Um, yeah. But you were training F45 and eating a small amount of calories. I think you mentioned around 1,300. Yeah. Um, and to me, 1,200 to 1,300 seems to be the magic number that lots of women think they need to be eating too. And I think this has a lot to do with diet guides from generations before. 
I know when I went down my slippery slope of counting calories and things like that over 10 years ago, 1200 calories was the number that most people were like, oh yeah, that's what a woman needs. Yeah. It's crazy how that's just the magic number. But I mean, if someone was eating, like we said before, you know, the 1500, um, like if someone's eating, sorry, 1500 calories and then you, and that's where their body is maintaining on, that's where their body has adapted to and they can't gain or lose weight on 1500 calories. If we were to then start feeding them, say 12 or 1300 calories, they're going to lose a little bit of weight for a couple of weeks, but it's not going to be much. But then let's say you take somebody that might be overweight, excuse me, and is eating a high amount of calories every day, like say 3,000, they're like, I just want to lose weight and they drop down to 13 or even 12, 13, even 1,500 calories, they are going to lose a lot of weight hard and fast. Like this is where I think the the disconnect is between people understanding the calorie deficit that they need to be in and there's nothing magic that happens with 12 or 1300 calories it's all has to be relevant to you and um what your body currently maintains on um so so for yourself when you were in that season of your life where you were really overtraining and you were eating that magic number of cows yeah when you made the shift and you increased the amount of calories, how did you feel? Because I know myself when I don't eat enough, I am way more emotional. I react, I react poorly. I disengage. I, don't, I just don't feel good. So I would love to know from your perspective, once you started increasing your own calories from 1,300, yeah. what did you notice? You know, I'm glad, I'm really glad that you brought it up because before, um, beforehand I was, I was tired and exhausted and cranky and I wasn't growing any muscle and, you know, I was sick of the way that I felt, but also not being able to enjoy the weekends with my friends and, you know, food consuming your life. Um, my family, you know, also missed out. So it wasn't all, all to do with the way I felt, but that obviously affects you emotionally. Um, and it's usually the feelings that get overlooked, right? Like people are always interested in the way, um, that they, they look before they're interested in the way that they feel. And very few women actually come to me with the goal of feeling better or have less inflammation or better sleep, you know? They always want to lose Mm. 10 kilos or have a six pack or nice shoulders or a booty or whatever it might be. And while the process um, that we, we take obviously gets you to have that as the outcome, you start slowly ticking off the smaller things. And at the start, sometimes we don't notice um, what we're doing. And that's fine because there's obviously a lot to take in during this whole process of increasing your calories. But, you know, after you track your appetite, your mood, your strength, your energy, your pain and inflammation, um, I track my recovery, cravings, digestion, as each week passes, you start to actually report how much you're feeling better and you're sleeping more and you're less stressed. And this, you know, obviously increases day by day. My recovery is so much better. 
like I said, one of my biggest things actually was sleep that I noticed straight away. Um, sleep and digestion were at the top. Like I thought that I slept really well until I started going through this process and I, I sleep like a rock now. Like, and then obviously that turns into boosting your results in the gym. So and your mood and everything oh, overall, everything's it, so connected. Isn't it? You know, it's so funny. I've had actually on some odd occasions, and a lot of people don't know this, um, I've had husbands reach out to me, right, to tell me that their wife is so much happier. So obviously there's your mood. They're enjoying eating out. They're less cranky and their libido has skyrocketed. I was just just this. to say, <laughs> my husbands are reaching out because they're like, Praise the Lord <laughs> my wife wants to have sex again, my totally. partner, because I can relate to that as well. When you're under eating, you have no flame at no. all for that stuff. Like you're, it's survival mode. And again, like we said at the start of the episode, we don't want to live in survival mode. Like, no, no thank you. We're, we're blessed enough to live in this beautiful country. We've got so many resources. We can all get to thrive mode for sure. So rather than surviving, thriving, and I love that. And also totally. what you said about it's it's a shame that women aren't coming to you and saying, hey, I want to feel better. They're coming and saying, I want to look better. Mm. And the biggest thing for me is if you make the way you look the big focus, it's going to be so much harder to get there and you're not going to enjoy the journey. But if you make the way that you feel the the goal, yeah. Then you get the physical benefits as a wonderful symptom. You have these amazing side effects like seeing um, muscle definition and, you know, going down in dress size or whatever it is. Yeah. That's a side effect and that's freaking great, but exactly. it's just a side effect. If you yeah. focus on going, okay, I actually want to be a parent or a person. I want to be able to keep up with my kids in terms of, I want to be able to chase them around the soccer field. I want to fit down the slide with them. I want to be able to run up the hill to go down the water slide. I want that energy and you make that your goal. You're just going to love the journey. Totally. I Yeah, it's it's sad. Like you said, it's, it's sad that people um, feel like that. But I, I think it's because that's what everyone else around you is doing. You know, like everyone's just focused on one thing and they forget that they they should be feeling good in the process um, as well as looking good. Um, yeah. That's something I, I, I'm a big preacher of, of looking for those other things because then you can, you know, if you pass one week and, you know, you feel like you haven't made any progress, I mean, what other data do you have to look at? You know, oh, I don't look any different. If that's the only thing you're focused on, of course you're going to feel like rubbish and fall off the wagon. But if you can see, you know what, every night this week I've had the best sleep, my energy's through the roof, my weights are increasing in the gym, I'm feeling amazing, that like by far outweighs, oh, I don't feel like I changed in the mirror this week, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And so when you do talk to women about increasing their calories from that magic number, what's the first thing that women are saying to you and how do you change their mindset? Because we all know that changing beliefs is not an easy thing. So yeah. do you, how do you approach that with your clients? Um, so it honestly, it really depends person to person where they're at at their journey. Um, the simple 
the simple fact is that women need to be at a certain point in their journey to, I guess, want to believe um, and for me to be able to help them. If, if someone started out, you know, in one particular modality, whether it's, um, you know, low-calorie circuit classes and, you know, they're obviously having fun and making friends there, it's, it's really difficult for me to to tell that person to change their way or to change their mindset um, usually it's a lot easier for me to, to help them as we move further down the track. Um, the first thing that they, they usually notice is that increase in energy, um, their increase in, in strength when that person is obviously ready um, to, make, to make those changes and look for those changes. Um, so yeah, like that's generally speaking, it's, it's those things that they notice first. And then, like you said before, their, their change in their physique, it happens and they're noticing that their, their clothing is, is lighter and, oh my gosh, I haven't had this muscle definition ever before, even though I've been training my absolute butt off, you know? Um, mm. so, so for you, it's more of a, a gradual thing. And I guess building a connection with them over time so they can trust in you because, you know, just saying to someone, okay, it's Monday, let's up your cows. Yeah. There's going to be resistance. Totally. Like we, I, I do it in such a gradual, a gradual way because these women are fearful, right? Like they, they, they have trained and eaten usually in one way um, for however long. Let's just say it's been 12 months, two years. And all of a sudden this crazy lady, aka me, comes along and is telling them that we need to, um, eat more, we need to train less and then boom, you, all of your um, dreams and hopes are going to, to come alive. But it's obviously, it's a little bit more, more than that. And I think the, the turning point for most people, right? People want to, most people, when they come to me, they, they want to lose weight or they want to drop body fat. Let's just say a lady wants to lose 10 kilos, for example, which sounds easy. Um, but we need to find out how much she's eating right now. Now let's say she's eating that magic 1200 to 1300 calories a day and she's not losing any weight. And this is where it actually gets really interesting. I have a calculation that I run them through to work out how long it's actually going to take to lose that 10 kilos and what calorie deficit it's going to take and how much they'll end up eating at the end. Now, quite often when they come to me, if we do that calculation with them, it's like 300 calories a day that they'll end up eating, which is impossible. Like you would not live. So it's, you know, literally impossible for some of these people to hit their goal ever with the way that they're currently training and eating. Um, that's usually quite a mind-blowing point for people and at a point where it starts to kind of make sense. Um, it's obviously, it's not their fault that they're not progressing. And there is a way to get you the results that you want. Um, but yeah, like what what you would think would be the easiest thing to sell on the planet, eat more and train less, can sometimes take, you know, three or four weeks for people to actually make that connect mentally and, and see their body starting to change and we're slowly increasing their calories, they're not gaining weight or maybe we're slowly cutting down their training, they haven't gained any weight but they've already started progressing and that's usually the biggest aha moment for people. Well, I mean, we are... So many of us are creatures of a habit and I'm sure everyone listening has seen that meme or not really a meme, but there's a thing that goes around where it's like a circle with your comfort zone and then it says next to it, everything good. Like, you know, saying you need to yeah. have your comfort zone to get to that. Yeah. And 
it would just take a bit of, I guess, building that trust for some people to really take the leap of faith of realizing because for so many of us, there's safety in your comfort zone. It might not be working, but it feels safe. And maybe that feeling of safety is more comfortable than feeling vulnerable and trying something new. But really trying something new is what we're here for, I think, you know, to learn and grow and you know, navigate that mindset for ourselves. Now, you've touched on a calorie deficit a couple of times already during our conversation. And personally, I really want to understand the premise behind the fat loss and the high calorie equation a little bit more. So Melissa, who works for me, she's a dietitian. She's way overqualified to work for me, but she's great. We were having this chat um, earlier in the week because she understands more than anyone the importance of fueling your body and how under eating can be one of the reasons why people struggle to see results. We know that when you're aiming to achieve fat loss, it is at times, well, it is about creating an energy deficit. And by energy, we mean calorie, kilojoule, um, in order to lose it. But when someone is eating so little, an energy deficit is nearly impossible and it can also be quite detrimental. Naturally, when um, when we suggest slowly increasing the intake, a lot of people can't wrap their heads around how eating more will be able to keep that energy deficit that we speak of for fat loss. It's, I guess, almost counterintuitive to tell people that they need to eat more to be able to lose weight. Um, It's just, it's one of those things that can be tricky for people to get their heads around and comprehend So can you explain to us a little bit more about how, you know, how that all works? Yeah, totally. Um, These are some freaking awesome questions, by the way. Like, I love these questions. Um, I guess a lot of people actually ask, um, is the calorie increase only suitable for someone that is uh, close to their goal weight or can you use it for people that are overweight or whatever that like it does not matter it's it can actually be quite the opposite it's all about speeding up your metabolism and a lot of people ask how on earth do we do that and we need to signal the body to build muscle so resistance training okay so the more muscle you have the more fuel or uh, food that you'll need, but that doesn't mean that you need to have a super high muscle mass to be able to eat this much and lose fat. Now, your body just needs a signal. Um, Within a couple of weeks, once we swap that signal to muscle building, um, and I literally watch, you know, all of my clients start reporting back with signs that their metabolism has started speeding up. For example, fidgeting, um, you know, wiggling your foot or talking with your hands like I'm literally talking with my hands right now it's crazy um people with a faster metabolism will even uh blink faster so on top of the resistance training we increase their calories super slow um with a process called reverse dieting now it is such a slow rate of increase that the body doesn't recognize this as a surplus and and then goes and gains weight, okay? Um, It works much better if you're resistance training and your body can actually use these additional calories to help 
build the muscle. Um, sometimes, honestly, it can take six months, um, maybe even a little bit longer. And people don't want to hear that. that. That's too long. People want fast results. They want results yesterday. Um, but the reality is they will get there faster doing it in this way because even though it may take six months to double your calories and enable you to lose fat, um, they're more likely to adhere to their plan because we're not creating this huge restriction followed by huge binge behavior that we were talking about before. They're training in a sustainable way that's actually allowing their body to build muscle. Um, you're giving it the rest that your that your body needs to recover and obviously enabling them to be consistent with training. Instead of training two or three times a day hardcore and getting burnt out and having to take a week or two off every couple of months, the consistency of that three times a week schedule usually really sticks. And um often during the process, they won't be in a deficit either. That's probably important to point out, actually. Um, and this can be where it gets a little murky. But initially, we're increasing the maintenance calories. So when I was at 2,700 calories, I wasn't in a deficit. I was increasing my maintenance level of calories so that when I dropped to 2,200 calories, which is where I'm at right now, I'm actually in quite an aggressive deficit and losing roughly 500 grams a week. Um, when ladies first switch from that cardio endurance style training um, and 1300 calories to reverse dieting and weight training, they won't be in a deficit either, but they'll be growing muscle. If they gain, say, one kilos of muscle um, and no fat, their body fat percentage will actually be less, even though they haven't lost you know, haven't lost that weight. Weight on the scales, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So your body does, it looks different, you know, and and as um, a body with um, some lean body mass, you're going to have that shape. You're going to have nice curves in the right places. So the results I see um, in at the start is more around the muscle growth, increasing, you know, your maintenance calories, speeding up your metabolism and, and getting them to a point where they've got enough of that wiggle room for a sustainable deficit like I am, you know, 2,200 calories a day and a deficit. It's easy peasy. It's sustainable. Last weekend I drank kombucha cocktails on the weekend and still stuck within my calories, you know. Yeah, see, kombucha cocktails. Doesn't really sound that indulgent to me, but I hear what you're saying. Um, so a couple of things that I wanted to just touch on. For those listening, it, it is important to understand that the more lean muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn, not just when you're going through your day and you're exercising, but the more calories you burn just at rest. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing that I just wanted to touch on is, say, for example, you have someone who is – what you would consider quite overweight um, or they've got a large amount of weight to lose and they come to you and they're eating already, say, uh, I don't know, an arbit you know, whatever the number is, a certain amount of calories. Is a calorie deficit not needed then for them to lose weight or are you still saying that you would still increase their calories to stoke that metabolic fire? Or if That's... It's somewhat like yeah, no, sorry. I was going to say that's a, yeah, that's a really awesome question. Um, well, I just want to be really clear for those listening because I love everything that you're saying and I, I love it. But I think for someone who, you know, I'll t use me as the guinea pig, for example, I'm a size six to size eight. I can definitely have my days where I eat more and it doesn't seem to make much of a difference at all. I have a high metabolism. 
I gesticulate like a wild woman. I talk with my hands. I rarely sit down. Like the other night I had a friend over for dinner and my friend was saying, are you going to sit to eat dinner? And I was like, oh, (sighs) yeah, right. Like I literally will stand in the kitchen and eat. Not the best habit. But what I'm trying to get at is I can understand that someone who, for example, like you or myself, who has that lean muscle mass already, can increase our calories to a maintenance point and feel really good. And that makes sense to me, stoking our fire. But if someone comes to you and they are 150 kilos, are you going to say to them, let's increase your calories? Or are you going to say, you know what, we need to actually put you in a calorie deficit for that fat loss first? Yeah, um, that's that's awesome because that does happen a fair amount. Like um, the amount of people that come to me and they're about, let's say, between 85 and 95 kilos, they some of these women, and, and I feel for them, they have worked the, themselves into a point where their body is now not losing weight on 1,500 calories a week. And a lot of people will think that that's unbelievable. But let's say they've dropped down from over 100 kilos, they've already lost 20 kilos, and their body is now maintaining on 1,500 calories, yes, I would put them into a surplus first because to enable that woman to lose, let's say she still wants to lose 10 or 20 kilos, I know that she has to be in at least a 500-calorie deficit per week to enable her to lose 500 grams a week. Now, if she's eating 1500 and I drop her down to a thousand calories, she's going to lose a couple of kilos. And then in say three to four weeks, she's going to plateau again. And we're going to have to decrease her calories or increase her energy expenditure Mm. to make up that deficit. But the exception to the rule would be somebody that has, that is overweight and they're Um, their body is currently maintaining on, say, around 3,000 calories, then you've got wiggle room. You know, we can drop down the calories, say, 10 or 20% and start chipping away at that weight loss and not starting flat out and training six days a week. Start slow. If you're not training right now, train twice a week. Go for a walk here and there. You know, don't go all out to start with because it's unnecessary and all of a sudden you are going to hit that plateau wall and you're not going to have anywhere to go. So, yeah, I hope that that makes sense. No, that doesn't. That's helpful and I appreciate you touching on that because, like, I just think it's so easy for people to get stuck in their own reality like I said for me it's it's great for me to go oh like let's eat more and train less as someone who is 52 kilograms soaking wet like that's easy for me to say that whereas someone who's at the very beginning of their journey I don't necessarily want them to think oh okay so what I need to do now is move less and eat more because what you are saying is if that was the sort of client that you're you know if that's someone who's approaching you and wants to work with you there is still a place for the traditional calorie deficit yeah for some totally. yeah yeah okay, there so is I just want to be really <laughs> super super clear on that now I have a couple of quick questions for you to finish up with how many have I got one two three four five six fast questions yeah and I would just love to hear your rapid fire response for these so question one what is your approach to normal bathroom scales are they accurate 
Are they needed? Are they a big old head fuck and not needed? What's your answer there? You know what? I totally agree with they are not needed. <laughs> um, it's hard to bash the scales. To... Yeah, dash it. Yeah, like okay. on, honestly, yeah, not needed. If this is okay. short answer, yeah, not needed. <laughs> okay. What other systems or habits do you suggest that your clients are putting into place? Now, I'll just add some context to that because I am a total system junkie. I do yeah. things all throughout my day that I would consider systems to optimize my own life. So what other things do you suggest your clients are doing? My biggest one, like absolute biggest number one, and whilst it doesn't seem, I guess, tangible, but consistency. And when um, I say consistency, both training and diet, be consistent. You will get more results eating and training 80%, um, but consistently than you will, you know, eating and training at 100% and being on and off. So whatever consistency looks like for you, three days a week, whatever it is, then do that. Do that, yeah. Okay, question three. If you had to choose five foods that you feel benefit most women, of course, this is broadly speaking, but what would those five foods be? <laughs> Chocolate, lollies, ice cream. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Look, sort of and sort of not. There is a huge argument that goes on between flexible dieting and clean eating. Um I honestly feel that everybody should eat what make, uh, eat what food makes them feel good. You know, if if you eat pasta and it makes you feel like shit, don't eat pasta. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And where just a little offshoot from that, where do you sit? Do you consider yourself to be in the clean eating camp, or do you consider yourself to be more in the um, as long as it fits your calories, go hard? Um, I. In all honesty, I don't subscribe to, I guess, one camp or the other, but I am, I, I would say if somebody asked me, I would say that I do flexible diet, but if you look at my diet, it's, I eat very, like I eat very whole foods with the occasional cornetto and pizza. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Okay. So same with exercises. What five moves should women generally be striving to incorporate into workouts? All right, favourite would have to be, in particular if you want to progress properly, squats, deadlifts, um, shoulder press, bench press and rows or a variation of those. I think that was five. (laughs) That was, yeah. And so in your experience, what is your suggested breakdown of cardio training versus weights? Um, my suggested breakdown would be weights predominantly and only using cardio if you really are at the pointy end of your journey. So let's just say you've got another, you know, percent or two reduction in body fat to lose, um, then maybe some traditional hit, not what I mentioned before where it's endurance. Um, that would be the only time that I would incorporate that. But as um, apart from that, walking, a lot of people freak out when I say don't, you know, don't do cardio. Um, walking, I love my clients walking. So that's a different story. Got it. And so for fasted cardio, which when I say fasted cardio, I mean I can, I'm already going to guess your response, but <laughs> yeah, so, so I'll allow this question. Fasted cardio, yes or no, which basically means doing cardio on an empty stomach. Doesn't make a difference. Whatever makes you happy because it's going to have absolutely no income, uh, sorry, impact on your outcome. Oh my gosh. I find that so 
interesting because there are so many people who really um, are big proponents of fasted cardio for fat loss. So that is quite a controversial and hopefully helpful (laughs) response to end on. But I did just while we were talking have one more question for you, Ash, which I hope is okay. I wanted to know as someone, and again, I'm looking at this entirely through my own lens right now, speaking about counting calories and all of that, I do not do that for myself. And that's just because I have the, I guess, the personality type to, if I, if I go down that slippery slope, it can be dangerous for me, even though I've got all the knowledge in the world. Well, I don't, but even though I've got all the awareness in the world, I should say that that's not good for me. That's why I don't do it. When you are working with clients, do you encourage them to count their calories every single day for an extended period of time? Or is it like you're going to count calories now until the end of time? Like how do you, how do you get them, I guess, to understand their calories in a safe way? Because I just, I know more than anyone that it can become such an unhealthy obsession and that's what scares me. Like even talking yeah. about calories, I go, oh, fuck, I don't out. want to have this conversation. Not just, not for me, because I have a really good grasp on my, on what works for me. And that's why I kind of stay there mentally, what works for me, I'm saying. But just having the conversation about calories for other women, I just don't ever want to be someone who's triggering a woman to be like, right, I've got to count every single thing that I put in my mouth because I just don't live by that philosophy. So I would love to know your opinion on that. Yeah, totally. Um, I actually got asked this question last week and it was like on a Q&A on Instagram and my res- my quick response to that was um, would you rather follow a meal plan that is completely restricted that enables you not to enjoy your time out on the weekend or would you rather um, – you know, count or track your food. Now, obviously, I mean, I was always taught never answer a question with a question, but it does get you really thinking, like, I don't tell um, you what to wear. Um, I don't tell you where to go on your holiday. So why should I tell you what to eat? Um, I, I do have a very holistic approach. So I don't want my clients tracking their calories forever. But if they come to me in a state where they are eating so little and they're training so much and they desperately want to see some results, it's really important for me to see their calories increase so that I can move them towards an intuitive approach and they can start to have their body giving them signals like it should be because when they're in an underfed and overtrained state, their body's not signaling how we want it to be. It's obviously, it's responding to what that woman is telling it to do. You know, it's responding to you overtraining and it's responding to you under eating, but that's not the right signals that we want her to be receiving. Um, So I do, whilst my clients work with me, get them to track their food for 12 weeks. I do have, I'm a very kind soul when it comes to it. I've had I've heard many um, horror stories of people telling me, oh, but I ate this and my coach said to me, you know, um, if you, it's a shame that you had that because if you didn't have that, you'd be so much closer to your goals. You know, no one makes mistakes. I just think that you, you know, if you do something that, you know, you may have well and truly eaten over the calories that were allotted to you for that week, like 
that's fine. Like we're not here for the next 12 weeks. We're here for the next 12 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it might be, mm. you know. So um, that's that's my approach to it. It's very kind approach. Yeah, okay. And I guess for me, like I said, that's just the lens that I look at calories through. But then there are, you know, millions of people who look at calories in a much more objective way and they come at it more like, being informed is being empowered and can look at counting calories as just that. It's just knowledge, it's input, and it's not necessarily going to trigger them to want to massively become obsessed with those numbers. So I think as long as it's, like you said, it's done in a kind way, in a supportive way, and I'm sure that you have an awareness on how your clients are coping with that. And if they became too obsessed with the numbers you'd be able to support them through that as well yeah absolutely I yeah I do and the thing is like and I think I touched on this earlier as well um people think that there's a guide you should eat you know 30 percent uh should be carbs and you know freaking 35 percent should be fats like I tell my clients you know these are these are the calories that we want to increase by every week here's where we're headed here's what I where you know in 12 weeks time I want your calories to be sitting at Try and hit your protein target as close as you can. Whatever you feel like when it comes to your, you know, your carbs and your fats, I want you to be flexible. I want you to listen, start listening to your body. I want you to listen to the feedback that your body's giving you. You know, do I feel like I need some extra carbs today? Like there's no percentage split that's going to get them closer to their goals. You know, your body doesn't go, oh, yes, I need 5% extra of this. You know, like it's, yeah, and a lot of people think that. <laughs> It's so, it's so fascinating and that's why I really enjoy these conversations because for a lot of it, there, there's just so many different conflicting opinions and it's not going to please every single person, but that's what's so great. You can find what works and what totally. makes sense to you, I guess, which I love. So thank you so much for spending some time spreading your message with our community. For those who are listening and that want to hear more from you because I know you're really active on your Instagram stories and your posts are wonderful where should people head to connect with you yeah sure thank you well firstly thank you so much for obviously letting me be a part of this and actually having this podcast it's I guess it's because of people like you that um you know that are doing the work that it takes to get a podcast like this up and running and keeping it running that people like me have a platform to to show ladies that there are those alternatives out there um for anyone that is interested in hearing more about what I do I honestly I give away the majority of what I do for free across my Instagram um which is uh ash underscore underscore lane um on Instagram Facebook I've got a YouTube channel um just about everything I teach is there I also have a a free ebook that I actually just released which I mean I don't know if Kylie, you want to pop it in the show notes that I'll let everybody um, have access to downloading, which explains everything that I've been through today, but in obviously a heap more detail, which like I said, is free. So, you know, ladies can do, you know, a hundred percent, they can do this on their own. So, yeah. That is incredibly generous of you. And I will definitely pop all of those details in the show notes, as well as your social media handle as well. 
how annoying is it when you have to add in underscores and things like that? Oh, no. <laughs> um, we, will make sure, we will make sure people can find you at Ash Lane. Um, so thank you so much for your time and your knowledge today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you.